0: And welcome to The Shakedown. I am your host, Ryan, a.k.a. Rainforest. I was in prison for six years and um, got a degree in sociology and studied criminology and things like that. And I am on the phone right now with my buddy Malone, who was locked up for 30 years. And he...
1: 7,000
0: years. 7,000 years. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know what animal lifespan we're going on for this up ep- for this one?
1: Oh, well that's what it felt like
0: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: Somewhere along the way i
0: lost <laughs> <laughs> so yes um so we both have experience um dealing with prisons and we both have a lot of experience with uh dealing with the criminal justice system and um we both want to change it and we want to talk about our experience and talk about what can change to, uh, to make it a better system for everybody. And uh, um, recently we did an episode. Um, I talked about, we talked about weekenders and commitments, and we talked specifically about my commitment, which is part of my probation, where I have to go down to Texas once a year and uh, go down and stay in jail for one, for one 24-hour period once a year. And, um, actually just last weekend I was back in Texas and trying to get rid of that, that, that one condition off my probation, trying to get that off of there. And probation. yes, off my probation. Um, and it's not part of my parole well, cause I'm gonna, on parole and probation.
1: Let people know that today this, I mean, uh, this show is going to be a little bit different than the rest of them. And there's going to be uh, be kind of a role reversal here, and I'm going to be doing most of the interviewing, and and Rainforest is going to be answering most of the questions.
0: Yes. So
1: we're in for a treat.
0: We are. And with that, I'm going to let Malone take the lead and ask the questions, and I am, as you can see, in the hot seat. And Malone today is a disembodied voice because we just want to get this episode. We, meaning mainly me, wanted to get this episode in the can so that we can get this out and get this out to people. So with that, Malone, what's, yeah. what do you, yeah, yes.
1: Indeed. All right. Well, uh, you kind of sold everybody with the, the basics of your, of your situation. And, uh, so when you went to court or so you, how did you, how did you get back in the court on this to begin with anyways? And how does that go about? Did you have to hire a lawyer?
0: I did. I had to – I actually – so for months, I spent time looking for a lawyer um, that would take this case. Um, I did not want to use the lawyer that I had previously because I felt that – I felt pretty like screwed over by the lawyer that I had before. And um, I discussed that in like our first episode – why I felt that way. So if you want to go back and listen to it, I explain why I felt like my lawyer didn't do an amazing job. So I wanted to find a new one and one that would specifically do this. And it was very difficult. That's a
1: whole other, that's a whole series of shows about lawyers. Yeah.
0: Uh, yes. Um
1: I'm not I don't want to touch that one.
0: Well, I will tell you I've now I, I have had three lawyers now. So I had the lawyer who um, basically, took me through my sentencing hearing. So, basically, when I got in trouble, I hired this lawyer. And then, when I went for, up for parole, I got a separate lawyer who did, have to say, an amazing job. <laughs> um, and he did, he did, um, him and his dad did, did an amazing job, and they got me out on my first parole, which never happens. And, um, I'm going – you know what? I need to give them a shout-out, and I'm actually going to look at my phone right now, and uh, – I don't know. It's – I'm looking on my phone to see if I can find this lawyer because I can't – I can remember his name, his first name, but I can't remember. the uh, um, lawyer that uh,
1: rescued you from prison and didn't you know did a fantastic job and all that. And you the, can't
0: remember his name. Yeah, the problem is because is oh, okay. I've had so many um so many hey, lures.
1: If I didn't feel like you were in such a fragile state today, I would certainly pounce upon that.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um yeah, so it's Topek. It's the it was Topec and Topek Law Firm, um, and Seth. Seth was heading the case, but both both him and his dad, and his dad is unfortunately no longer with us. But they they did an amazing job. Um, So I'm like, I got to give them a big shout out. And then um, I got another lawyer because they're basically there's he's he's doing you know um, they were in a different jurisdiction from where I was locked up at. So I needed to find a new lawyer up in Collin County, and um, I basically had to go through this lawyer referral service in Texas, and they started referring me to family lawyers um, in case I needed like a divorce or something in Texas, which was fortunately not the case. But um, they were were just referring me Uh, to random uh, lawyers. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm not going for it.
0: In case you couldn't hear, because unfortunately we we're doing this over the phone. So in case you couldn't hear, uh, Malone told me I better not be getting a divorce in Texas. He has questions. Yeah. Um. So I. Uh, so basically, I went through, uh, and then I found this other lawyer who I talked to. And I told him my situation that I was trying to get this probation, um, this part of my probation changed. He said he could do it. We could try and get it removed. And I had to pay him two thousand dollars, and there we go. And then I'd have to fly out to Texas and go in front of the judge, the exact same judge that came up with the brilliant idea. Because this is a, this is not like a standard stipulation. It's not like jail time or prison time or probation, which are like standard conditions of of uh, certain like like certain arrests are two to twenty years, or certain or some are five to ninety nine. Or you know, their different charges get different default things. He, this is something the judge came up with on the fly at my sentencing hearing that he added.
1: That that's one of the things I wanted.
0: <clears throat> that's one of the
1: things I wanted to get into. Is uh, you you mentioned probation. Correct. So I wanted to ask you. So you're you're actually on probation and parole at the same time.
0: Correct. Um, because I had to. So you, ch-
1: you, you already went to prison. You yes. did your time on this crime, yes. And you had to get out, and you're going to be on parole, which is a form of supervision. Yes. And then on top of that, they also gave you probation, which is kind of redundant—a redundant type of thing—with a whole bunch of ridiculous little piccadillos inside of them, little uh, 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 um, uh, hoops for you to jump through to to, uh, to uh, appease that as well. Right. I mean, is that common? Is that something that's a normal way of sentencing? What is the what is usually the purpose of probation? Isn't probation something to avoid prison?
0: Right. That is exactly and uh, what it normally is. Normally, you get probation instead of prison, and you're under high supervision so that uh, you—basically, it's you better report to this person on a regular basis so that you don't go to prison. And um, it's a— it's like they, it's, yeah, it's added supervision to keep eyes on you so, because you've clearly done something that's gotten you in almost enough trouble to go to prison, but not quite enough, basically. And, uh, and so yes.
1: This is, a, this is like a, a real misuse of the concept of, of probation.
0: Right. In fact, there's, uh, in Texas, there's a common thing that they do, which is called shock probation, which is if they really want to put the fear the the, the fear of the Almighty in you, uh, what they will do is they will uh, they'll sentence you to prison. They will get you like on the bus to ready to go, and then they will release you and then tell you that you have probation instead, so that you it's and uh, this is supposed to shock Where you. The yeah, it's supposed to scare the, the hell out of you, and you are, and that's what shock probation is. And that's what probation is for. It's instead of going to prison. It's not, you don't have probation and prison and jail time and this. Like, it's not, you don't combine, you don't mix and match. But this judge decided it would be an awesome idea. And then, not on, to- on top of that, he added the jail time too, because why not? Well, actually, the reason was. Was according Please, to... Why not? <laughs> yeah. um, the reason, according to the judge, was so that I would remember the man that I killed. And for those of you who don't know, who are just tuning in, um, the reason I went to prison is because I I got drunk one night. I blacked out. I got into my car, um, all of which I don't remember, but I did. I'm, once again, taking full responsibility for that. I got in my car. And then I drove into another car and then killed the driver, um, and so so all this in this blackout, I I I killed this guy and I also and then this is an important part to remember too. I was found a mile away from the scene, on barefoot in my pajamas, um, and and uh, meanwhile my car was burning like had was on fire, and everything had burnt up. It was awful. It was a mess. It was – that that night entirely was bad. So I got charged with – if you look at the charge, I got charged with intoxicated manslaughter twice, even though I only killed one person. The second charge has to do with the fact that I left the scene. And that's why I got – so basically for killing the person, I went to prison. For not being at the scene, I got – the probation. And both of them were 10 years. And not only did it get, did I get, you know, is it, the 10 years didn't start at the same time. It was once I got out of prison, that's when the 10 years started for the probation. So I'll finish my parole in four years because I did six years in prison. So I'll finish, I finished my parole in four years, now two years left on that. And then I have Ten years of probation, eight years left on the probation. So,
1: so you were was your probation also active? Uh, active? Was it was that something that you were on while you were in prison? I mean, how does that work? Was it, it
0: no. suspended
1: the probation until you got out of prison? It was
0: deferred until I got out. Deferred. Like it didn't start until I got out. The day I got out, that's when probation started. I mean, can you explain that? Um, I, I, and that, I was like, that's kind of what I just said is, is basically it doesn't, it it, it, um, it's stacked basically. So they can do that with other charges too. So like, let's say I, let's say in my situation, I killed two people and they can, what they could do is I could have gotten two 10 year sentences or two 20 year sentences. And then once I finish one 10 year sentence, then I would start the next 10 year sentence. And that's what they did with this, except for instead of having 2 tenure 10-year, two prison sentences, I had a prison sentence and a probation sentence. And they stacked them on top of each other.
1: All right. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. I mean, I got to say that I was in prison for for uh, 7,000 years, like I said. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm talking to quite a few people about their sentencing, about you know what they had. And that is a very unusual sentence indeed, that you'd be given probation to go along with your, uh, your, your, your uh, prison sentence. I mean, that's, like, like, as we described already, I, I mean, it's pretty common knowledge that probation is something that you uh, get in lieu of prison, not added on to prison.
0: And as you said. And it was deferred until you got
1: out, out of prison, which is uh, extra craziness added on to that.
0: Right, and and I will and I like as you're saying, you you never came across anyone except for me who had this charge. I was in the same boat. I never came across anyone except for me, and I did I did come across many people who had the same charge, who had intoxicated manslaughter and who had fled the scene, and many of those people, I will. There were a couple who got like twenty year sentences. All right. Um, and they just got 20 years in prison, and that was the end of it, which means that they can't leave until 10 years is up. And I am there, uh, there's
1: a couple that actually, I mean, there's another case, I, and I think uh, Texas Monthly has gotten on to it. And, you, and uh, there's somebody who was over there with us, as a matter of fact, his name was uh, Gary Gibbs. I think you missed him, but Gary Gibbs got a life sentence, and there was no, there was not even a uh, accident involved or anything like that. It was a uh, a simple, you know, driving while intoxicated. I, I don't know, ex- can't remember exactly how the life sentence came about, but some people got involved to, uh, I mean, he really uh, was, over, was, a, was, it was an onerous case of, of, of uh, excessive sentencing.
0: And this I mean, is, yeah, that's an important thing to point out too when we're talking about this is, and I forgot it really, going, you know, oh yeah, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, that, I mean, it kind of illustrates the the the, uh, the power that these judges have and all that that they're, I mean, that the capabilities that they have to just come up with whatever they want and and impose it upon you. And so, you know, it, it's one guy uh, gets off with probation and doesn't ever have to do any prison time at all. The next guy ends up in in prison and, and uh, probation. Stacked on top of it, the next guy will never get out of prison, or at least they'll uh, we'll have to do thirty years flat before he can get out of prison. All for the exact same thing.
0: Right. And it, and I want to like this is something I forgot when I went back to Texas, is this mentality, like this mentality in Texas, especially amongst judges, which is, um, and I've talked about it a bunch on the on the podcast, but I really forgot. How it works down there, which is if you did something wrong, you've earned this thing. You've earned you you're earned whatever's getting thrown at you. And if even if you're in a courtroom, you've earned it. You are a bad person, and you're lucky that you're lucky that you weren't the victim in this situation, I guess. And that's and so um so we're allowed to do to you whatever we please. And um, and like there are these things called drug courts that have become very popular, and they make the news a lot because it's exactly what you're talking about, Malone. Where the idea of the drug court, the the idea behind the drug court was a really interesting idea. It was actually a restorative justice idea, which is let's not just sentence these kids to juvenile hall and to uh to or you know to prison let's find something else let's find other ways for them to you know for them to ha- be punished or to be sentenced and if it was a restorative justice way it'd be like how can we make amends to the victim how can we talk this out how can you share your story how can you prevent this from happening to someone else instead what it turned into was how um how creatively awful can we be and those are the headline like you'll hear these headlines from judges like one very popular one is like they'll sentence people to stand out on the highway usually like wearing sandwich boards or uh or holding up giant signs saying like i'm an awful person who did this awful thing like like and they'll specify like if it was my situation they'd be like Hi, I'm Ryan, and I killed someone. And this is my address, <laughs> you know. And like some, you know, they'll do something, something spectacularly great. Sentence them to do something spectacularly crazy, um, and like maybe go out every weekend and stand out on like that highway or different highways, and and post themselves like that. And um,
1: well, what you're saying is you got all white, is it?
0: Well, I'm saying no. What I'm saying is is that well, that things considered. Well they're, they they're <laughs>
1: whatever they wanted to
0: do. Well, what I'm saying is is that is that this so so right like local media picks it up and it and they're like, Isn't this crazy that this judge did it? But a lot of times what comes out of it, the res, the population's response to it is, yeah. I'm glad that judge, that judge so-and-so did that. I really like that judge now. He, you know, he's really taken a bite out of crime. And this goes back to incentives is the main point I wanted to get back into, which one is. Of the
1: funny thing, one of the really odd things that, uh, I mean, one of the truths that you're just, that you're saying, but that seems to be even, you'll even hear guys that are locked up in prison say stuff like that. The, Almost like they completely disassociate themselves. Right, for being subject to the exact same thing. Right, guys yeah, in prison. Are,
0: are yeah, guys in prison are the worst yeah. about it. Quite honestly, they they are they sometimes can be the number one. Let's lock them up. Um, that guy deserves this. He deserves what's coming to him, and they don't consider them that guy, even though they're sitting in a cell right now. And yeah, sitting in a cell watching it's, Law and Order.
1: It's, it is crazy. It really is. But, uh, I mean, you and I both seen it. Um, it defies all reason
0: and logic. It does. I, uh, so, Malone, you've got two more it, questions.
1: It, what, I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to say... Is, I have two more questions. Yes. We, we, we got a time
0: on this. We do have a time. We have, I've been trying to set it for, you know, do the 25 minute episodes.
1: Well, you can edit it down to 25 minutes from. You know, oh my our, gosh. Our
0: talk. I, I could do a lot <laughs> of yeah. things.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, sorry. I, I don't know the ins and outs of podcasting. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat>
0: You kind of threw me off with of that statement there. Sorry, of
1: course, you, you kicked me off. You kicked me off my game. I was in the zone there, and uh,
0: now I'm. I'm alone. sorry, that was my bad. It's my bad, everyone. I threw. I did. I. I knew. I knew well, Malone the was. The point that I was
1: trying to make, though, with that last question about, or last statement about, you know, inmates, is that it just it it's it illustrates something about human nature that. <sighs> A, a very bad side of human nature that, 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 um, sees its fellow man around him as being, you know, uh, uh, oh, worthy of the worst possible punishment, you know, possible, but themselves, uh, I'm a good person. I don't deserve that type of thing. Right. Instead of the opposite or I shouldn't say the opposite, but instead of seeing everybody as a good person that deserves, you know, to be, you know, some kind of a help instead of, harm whenever they do something wrong and i gotta say even in my you know i can remember as a growing up and you know, being when i was young and in prison I oftentimes had saw you know had that kind of attitude i i didn't i had a difficult time with um seeing everyone else around me as, uh, as being as worthy of mercy as myself and uh but uh i'm not really sure you know what. What? Well, I do know it. What enlightened me, because I was always I was raised in in uh, Texas with this attitude, you know that you know if if I mean if my mom, if somebody else had if I did something wrong at school or whatever, and uh, a principal whipped me for it, you know gave me licks or whatever. I know that's probably uh, people in Colorado probably uh, are aghast at the uh, at the sound of that, but. Corporal punishment was, uh, was, uh, common in Texas when I was growing up and I could go home. I could, I could plead my case. I could say that, you know, I didn't deserve it or whatever else, you know, but my mom, it never mattered. My mom automatically took the side of the, of the other people. And and, I mean, and so I grew up with this, I actually believed that they were doing the right thing that, 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 hitting kids and excessive amounts of punishment and all that was good for people. And that if you wanted to really train anybody in anything, you should, you should punish failure to the max. You know, if you want to learn how to juggle, okay, I'll show you how to juggle. Every time that you drop a ball, I'll strike you or, you know, you'll get some kind of uh, pain response and eventually you won't drop that ball anymore type of thing. And I, I actually, Thought like that. And then someone pointed out to me just how insane that sounded. And they were aghast whenever I expressed that and it caused me to take a second look at it. And then I realized oh, the, that that is pretty crazy. Where'd that come from? And I had to kind of assess myself. Right. But that's this is getting to a lot of what I think this podcast is about and what, and what we're trying to change.
0: It is. This is the big part of like, this is the meat of the podcast and um, I think if if Malone has time, maybe we can make we can split this up into two parts because I think we can do that. But the the main point is that we get this mentality that we need to punish and if the punishment doesn't work, then we just didn't punish hard enough. And that if someone does something, then if someone is responsible for something, then that means that they're a bad person or they're a bad or an evil person and the only way to deal with that is to make them re- feel bad and evil. But if you make someone feel bad and evil and like this is the big thing that I had to deal with going into that courtroom, I know I'm not a bad or an evil person. I know that I I also know that I killed someone. I also know that I've hurt a lot of people because I killed someone. I, heard, I and I am responsible for that. I am. Like you've got it on camera right now, folks. I I am responsible for that, but I also don't think I am bad or evil. I also, but I do know that there are things I can do because of that. I have I I have responsibilities because of that, and that is I feel like is a more important thing. Is like, okay, you did this thing. Now you have responsibilities that you have to live up to because you you made this choice. What are you going to do now and how are we going – how are we – what do we – what do you need to do to like to get you so that you can live up to those responsibilities? Instead, we throw people into a box, pull them out of society, and they're useless to everyone. They're really – it's a drain. It's a drain on everyone and it's awful.
1: And uh, people are very happy with that. With that, uh, They're very satisfied with that situation.
0: They are, because they, they don't, don't think want, about it.
1: They don't want people to uh, to be redeemed or be able to, or have the opportunity of redemption or so. Anything like that?
0: Well, we're going to wrap this one up right now, and then I'm going to see if Mullen can hang on the line and we can do another quick one um, and do part two of this, because we really didn't even finish up the point we were going for today, but we got to another really good one. Um, uh, I think... Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks, thank you Malone for spending some time, and um, we will catch you next time. The Shakedown was produced at Longmont Public Media, and our theme song, Shakedown, was brought to you by Invato Elements. If you want any Shakedown merchandise or you want to support the show, you can go to waywordpress.com. That's W-A-Y-W-O-R-D. Press